Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. All right, let's go to our next guest, Steve Ray, convert, author, numerous books. Hey, brother. Good morning. Uh, Good to talk to you, John. What's the update in Israel? What are you hearing? Well, it's um, we can't go over there. I've lost uh, three trips. Yeah. One of them was with Iowa Catholic. We postponed that now until right. November of next year. But uh, unfortunate. I had been there in September with two groups, and um, the first half of September with one bus, second half with two buses, and we got home on October 5th. And the whole roof blew off on October 7th, so we were fortunate. But wow. it, um, it's pretty much closed down. Um, our agent and guide over there says that it doesn't look good for the next couple of months. So we're just hanging in there. I've got a group going in to Jordan and Israel in February, and I've got two groups going in May. So we're just sure. watching. Yep. We're hoping it, uh, hoping it clears up quick. That's all we can do right now. Um, we'll talk yep. today about the Mass as sacrifice. but. I, for this theme today, I, I want to go back for a second here, Steve, because I think it's important. I, I know you do, too. we got to understand what sacrifice is before I think we understand what the mass is as a sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> We're at a disadvantage as yeah. Americans because we don't know anything of sacrifice. And we think of sacrifice as giving up chocolate ah! for Lent. <laughs> but um, And we have no history of blood sacrifice, and that's what this is really talking about. In the all of the ancient peoples, whether it's the Greeks and the Romans, the Jews, all of them had sacrifices. They brought animals and they killed them. In fact, in the Old Testament, the word altar, the, the root word of it in Hebrew means to slaughter. So the altar means a place where something is slaughtered. And so this is the background for it all. And when Jesus is in the upper room and he is consecrating the Eucharist for the first time, he's using all terms and uh, of animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. So it's real clear in his mind that this is a sacrifice, though not bloody. But it is a sacrifice, and it's based on all of the other sacrifices in the Old Testament. So what makes the Mass, then, as sacrifice down at down the street at St. Francis or St. Pius or Teresa's, what makes the Mass a sacrifice the same or different as the sacrifice at the Last Supper? When we look at the cross, uh, I used to be an evangelical Protestant, and, and the Lord's Supper and the... And the crucifixion of Christ really had no relationship other than when we ate the crackers and grape juice four times a year at our Baptist church. We were remembering something that happened in the past. For Catholics, and for Scripture, by the way, and for the whole history of the church, what happens at the altar is a representation of the cross. Those two are inseparable. When you come to Mass, you are experiencing the crucifixion of Christ. He is re enacting it, not just reenacting it, but the word is, when Jesus said, do this in memory of me, that is a sacrificial term. The word, do this in remembrance, a remembrance sacrifice in the Old Testament was a real sacrifice. And when the Jews celebrated Passover, and they still do today, and the upper room was a Passover meal, it's called anamnesis. It means to remember means that it is again present in a real way right now. So the Jews don't celebrate Passover to remember what happened 3,500 years ago. They celebrate Passover as it's happening right now. And that's very much the same way the Mass is. It's not a new sacrifice of Christ. What, what Jesus did on the cross, John, it, it's, a, it's a, in God's eyes, it's an eternal event. 
It happened in the bubble of space and time 2,000 years ago. But God is not stuck in space and time right. for him. The sacrifice of his son is an eternal event. So what happens is that eternal event comes back down into space and time and is made present again for us on the altar. It's a real sacrifice. Yeah, a representation is how the church talks about this. Um, and, and, and this is the culmination, this sacrifice right here at the altar at every, every Catholic church in the world that we go to. This is the culmination of all those Old Testament sacrifices. Exactly. Everything is summed up there, you say. Exactly. And, and the beauty of that is, is that all the sacrifices of Moses, all of the sacrifices of the Old Testament are all now combined, and they are all culminated in the real sacrifice that they were all looking forward to anyway. And the rabbis, this is what's so interesting, the Jewish rabbis taught, even from the time of Christ, that when the Messiah comes— all of the sacrifices of the Old Testament will be done away with, and there will only be one sacrifice left. The rabbi said that it, when the Messiah comes, there will only be one sacrifice left, mm. and it will be called the Todah sacrifice. Todah is Hebrew for Thanksgiving. Eucharist is Greek for Thanksgiving. So what the rabbi said is at the end, when the Messiah comes, there will only be one sacrifice. It'll be the Eucharistia, the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving sacrifice. And look what we have in Christ. He is His death on the cross is the culmination of all of those sacrifices, all brought into one sufficient, all-sufficient sacrifice. And the Mass is making that same universal sacrifice present to us again today on the altar. Here's an interesting way of saying it. When I was a Baptist, we used to sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. First song I learned how to play on my harmonica when I was a boy. But we didn't have the blood because we it was something symbolic for us. It was something in the past. For us Catholics, yes, it's also something symbolic. Jesus shed his blood, real blood dripped off the cross. But at the Mass, we still have the blood. He still gives us the body and blood of Christ every day, and it's a very personal thing because he doesn't just sprinkle the blood on us like they did in the Old Testament. We actually ingest it. We are what we eat. We are taking on partakers of the divine nature, the whole life of the Trinity, and you are what you eat, and he gives us this very intimate meal where we actually eat the body and blood of the Son of God and we become like him. Everything hinges on that for us as Catholics. I mean, if if that's not true, nothing else is true. But if that's true Absolutely. right there, if that's true, everything else has got to be. It's why I'm Catholic, Steve. Absolutely. And, it, and the Church teaches that the Mass is the source and summit of our faith. It is the meaning of our faith because it's Jesus coming down and being present with us again in that unique way. Now, I, one of the great Baptist preachers, uh, Spurgeon, from England, London, 100 years or so ago, said that the highest form of worship is a good sermon. Mm. If you want to really worship in the highest sense, go hear a good sermon. Right. Catholic Church says, no, sermons are good. Reading the Bible is good, but the source and summit of our faith is where Jesus actually, it's like a nuptial meal, where the, the groom gives his body completely to the bride. The bride receives the groom into herself, and they become one. It's the nuptial meal where Jesus Christ becomes one with us in that very same way, and we partake of his sacrifice because we need it. The fathers of the Church said that the sacrifice of Christ, the Eucharist, is the medicine of immortality, Mm. and all Christians believed that up until Martin Luther and a few others rebelled against it and became called Protestants because they protested, mainly against 
that issue of the mass. We, as all Christians, have always believed it. There's only a small fraction of them today that deny it. We say at every Mass the words of John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The priest says that there. Why a lamb? A lamb, because it's so innocent. It is so um, even docile. when When Abraham took his son Isaac to offer him. That's a picture of God the Father offering his only begotten son. Abraham yeah. and Isaac is a picture of, of God the Father, who 2,000 years later was going to offer his only begotten son, whom he loved. And when he went to kill his son, there was a ram that he found stuck in the thicket. So even from the Old Testament, it was going to be a sheep. It was going to be a lamb, because mm-hmm. that represents the purity. And, and it was such a universal symbol of that in, in those days. But also, Isaac was a young man. He could have resisted his father. There's no way Abraham could have gotten his teenage son up on that altar and tied him up. Abraham was over 100 years old. So here you have a very interesting thing. Isaac had to be a willing servant, a willing victim. Jesus also was a willing victim, just like a lamb that goes to the slaughter that doesn't say anything. The lamb doesn't, he just goes and he's slaughtered. And Jesus was the lamb. He didn't protest. He didn't argue. He went and fulfilled the sacrifice, just like the lamb had to die in the Old Testament, the Passover meal. You had to put the blood of the lamb on the vertical and horizontal beams of the door. Today, we still have the blood of the Passover lamb on vertical and horizontal beams of wood of the cross. And then you had to eat the meat of the lamb before you left. And what do we do at the Mass? We have to eat the meat of the lamb again on the altar before we get up and leave the Mass. So it had to be a lamb because it's a fulfillment of all the Old Testament images and prophecies. I mean, if you really want to read on, on what the Church says on this, I, I love just going to the early Church Fathers. <laughs> I mean, yes. this, is, this is right there what, what we have believed all throughout. And, we, and, and the Church Fathers help us understand that from Sacred Scripture itself. Uh, and even before, yep. the, my, go ahead. In my book, Crossing the Tiber, yeah. that's my conversion story, the first book I wrote, the last third of it is all about the Eucharist and all quoting from the fathers of the church for the first 400 years. It was shocking to me, John, because I'd always just heard that this, uh, the bread and the, uh, the, the uh, crackers and grape juice represented or reminded us of this. But then to go back and read that all the Christians from the very beginning, even before there was a New Testament, they said they had the words of the apostles still ringing in their ears. And they all said, this is a sacrifice of the new covenant. This is the body and blood of Christ that we become like him when we eat him. The whole early church taught this. So my attitude was, well, how come I don't believe that? How come I don't believe what the first Christians taught? I want to get back on the train. I want to be back on the train that started out of Jerusalem with those very first Christians. And that's why I became a Catholic. Final question, Steve. I think this is important for all of us. To, to 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 live what should our disposition be at mass we should go up there chewing gum <laughs> <laughs> i saw somebody do that the other day and i I have flip-flops and chewing gum. I wanted to, the other day I saw a young man, and he was with his parents, and his parents were the ones at fault. They should talk to him about this. But um, our disposition should be one of reverence because it's what we're doing is when you go to a wedding and you're a participant in the wedding, you have to act and dress and conduct yourself in a certain manner. And and what you need to think about this is this is a nuptial meal. This is where the bride is receiving the groom into herself. They're becoming 
one. It's the meal where there's the oneness. It's a covenant meal. And that's the way we should view it. How do you dress and act when you're a participant in a wedding? That's how you should act and think, at least mentally, when you're going up and taking the Eucharist. It's the most powerful prayer in the world. It's the most powerful moment of your week, of your day, of your life, every single holy sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, Steve, whenever you come on, man, we we just learn so much from you. We, We can't thank you enough, brother. Well, I love being on with you guys. I love people who are inspiring and who love the Word of God and the Catholic faith. And so I'm always, uh, when I hang up with you guys, I kind of jump around excited a little yeah, bit. I do, too. find people that are, think the same way. What's your website? CatholicConvert.com. CatholicConvert.com. Steve Ray. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, John. Listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at 7 on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.